0: Find the book of
1: Proverbs. your word and what it is that you would say to us father i thank you that you are ever present and you're always faithful in the lives of your children i thank you because of the fact that we belong to you and that you are ever faithful and that you love us beyond all of our understanding that even in those times of the valley we can still as the lady sang say it as well with my soul Father, I praise you for that. I pray today we would be focused on you. In Christ's name, amen. Now, Some of y'all may remember back in the the 70s, in response to the Cold War, the Pentagon developed what was formerly known at that time as a system called NAVSTAR. Y'all remember when that all came about? Some of you younger folks like, I wasn't born in the 1970s. But in the mid-70s, that NAVSTAR system came about. And what the Pentagon, the government, did, they used 24 satellites that were orbiting the earth at about 12,000 miles high. And these satellites would send radio signals that were marked with the precise time by an atomic clock. They would send these radio signals to earthbound receivers. And these receivers would then triangulate the uh, the precise location of anything, anyone, anytime, anywhere on the planet. Now, little did our government, the military, know that they were developing the greatest advance in navigation since the compass was developed. Now, I think everybody knows what it's called today. It's called GPS, Global Positioning System. Now, what's amazing, it has the ability to pinpoint your location, and I didn't realize it was this close, within 30 feet of anywhere you are on this planet. And today, folks, uh, it's used by everybody from uh, airplane pilots to soldiers to scientists to sportsmen, uh, hunters, fishermen, golfers use GPS. That's one of the reasons that Todd Peters and Jeff Smith beat me all the time is because they have GPS golf things, and I don't. There's a hint. And I know what you're saying. Well, preacher, then why don't you go buy one? Well, I like them to feel good about theirself. When they win, which is every time we play, but that's another story. Let's continue on with what I'm talking about here. Even though GPS was developed by the military and for the military, its use outgrew the military because there are several pieces of information that I think we all want to know, folks, at any given moment in life. For instance, we want to know where we are, we don't want to get lost, we want to head in the right direction, and we want to get to where we're going the best way we can. You know, I can remember back several years ago. Hannah was was little. We were taking a trip. I don't know. We was going to to Washington, or, huh? Oh, excuse me. I was preaching revival somewhere. I don't guess it was a vacation after all. But uh, anyway, we had the the GPS unit. You know, used to you didn't have one on your phone that you carried around. There was those the what they call them Tom Toms, I think, and like that. That were on the dash of the car. Well, we were headed uh, on this trip, revival, and uh, uh, Hannah, she was just a little kid, one of her friends called, her little friend called her to wish her happy birthday, it was her birthday, and uh, she asked Hannah, where are you going, and Hannah's response was, I don't know, the PGS had not told us we've arrived yet, <laughs> and I thought, isn't that typical of us so many times, uh, we, we, we just follow the advice, direction, Of those who we believe to be experts, even if it is a machine. Now I want you to keep that in mind because I think you agree with me that life, folks, is like a journey. Life is basically a series of decisions and choices. And, And good decisions, of course, bring success. Bad decisions, bad choices bring failure. And I'll make it clear, you are who you are today and where you are today because of the choices you made yesterday. And you will be tomorrow who you will be tomorrow and where you are tomorrow because of the choices and the decisions that you make today. And I think deep down we all have this desire to make sure that we know where we are, to make sure that we don't get lost, to make sure we don't take a wrong turn and we're headed in the right direction, and we want to get there the best way possible. Now I want you to do something, you get a chance just for kicks this next week. Type into your internet browser this question. What should I do? You'll get millions of responses. I mean, it seems like, folks, that that, uh, the advice experts have exploded in this country. Everybody's an expert with advice. Everybody, I guess if you want to be an expert, all you got to do is view yourself as an expert. I mean, if you doubt that, look at some of these folks that are running our country up in Washington. I mean, no matter how and I don't, can't think of a better word, and most of the kids are gone, but how stupid they may be, they still view themselves as experts. And you know, what's amazing to me is, there's all kinds of apps and videos and, and live chat streamcast pods or whatever they are, That people want to give and say they're experts on giving advice. And people are asking questions, what should I do with my career, my love, my family, you know, uh, worry, finances. I'm going to tell you something, folks. As a pastor, over the years, I'd say that about 95% of the pastoral counseling that I've done in the ministry has been with this question. People will come and talk to me and they'll say, what do I do? Preacher, what, this, what decision should I make? What advice would you give here? You know, wouldn't it be great if we had a GPS system that would do for us in the area of life what it does for us in the area of travel? I mean, when you go to make a turn, it says, uh, do not turn here. and 200 feet, turn left, not right. Stay straight. You've arrived at your destination. Wouldn't it be great to have something like that in life? Well, folks, i got some good news for us. We're in a series of messages we started last week entitled, Yes, But. And today, I want to deal with the truth that we all face many times in our life. And when those times come up, they can be some of the most frustrating, some of the most agonizing, annoying, nerve-wracking times. And it's those times when we have to confess, I don't know what to do. I mean, is that not true? When we have to come to that point and say, I don't know, I I don't know what to do. We face, all face these times, whether we're believers or not, whether we we are Christians or not. And let me give you this proposition. Yes, there are times we don't know what to do, but God has promised he'll guide us in what to do. Now, I want you to think about this. Since we don't know the future, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen even in the next few minutes, much less the next year or, or day, week, or month. We have no idea, and since we do not know the future, how can anyone be expected on their own, by themselves, with no help to make good decisions? Well, let me read you something the wisest man that ever lived wrote in Proverbs 20, verse 24. He says, man's goings are of the Lord. How can a man then understand his way? You know what old Solomon was saying? He was saying, how can anybody expect to know what to do without God? You know, somebody once said, you want to hear God laugh, tell Him your plans? And someone else said, you want to hear God laugh louder? than tell Him how much you know. Folks, no matter how good you are at it, no matter how many degrees you may have in front of your name, there are going to be times when you don't know what to do. And on your own, you can't figure it out. I want you to listen to another verse. Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 23. Jeremiah says, Oh Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. <clears throat> It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. Now let me read this to you out of a modern English translation. Lord, I know that people's lives are not their own. It is not for them to direct their steps. So let me ask you some questions. See if any of these apply to you right now where you are in life. Would you say, I'm tired of making bad choices, I'd like to start making good ones. Or would you say, I'm facing a crucial decision right now and I want to get it right. Or maybe you'd say, I'm really struggling to know how to handle a certain situation in my life. Or, I have a desire to know what God wants me to do and to do what God wants me to do. If any of these apply to you, then I got good news. The message today is for you. And here's the good news. You're not alone, and you're not on your own. You see, God, one of the greatest folks, I I think, um, life-changing discoveries that you can make in life is the realization that God wants to direct your steps. God wants to lead you down the right path. You see, God hadn't put you on this planet like a blind man with a blindfold on in a dark room stumbling around hoping he don't fall on his face. That's not God's plan. Look at Proverbs 16. You got your Bible open there. One verse. Look at verse 9. The wisest man who ever lived, King Solomon, who at the peak of his life made one good decision after another. And look what he says. A man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. Listen to me, friend. The God that gave you life wants to guide you in this life. And the God that loves you wants to lead you. And the God who gave his son Jesus Christ for you now wants to give you wisdom to direct you. So this morning, what I want us to do is see how that happens. If you're taking notes, write this down. Step number one You don't know what to do. You're seeking decision. You need a decision guide. Well, God is that decision guide. And the first thing you need to do is admit that you need God's guidance. Because look at verse 9 in Proverbs 16 again. The first half of that verse. A man's heart deviseth his way. Let's face it, folks. The truth is nobody likes to be told what to do. We don't, do we? We want life to be a do-it-yourself project. I mean, we want to make our own way, make our own choices, go our own way, make our own decisions. We don't like to admit when we're confused. We don't want to admit when we're stumped, when we don't know what to do. And let's face it, you know, joke about this a lot, but men, we are the worst at it. I mean, it's true. We just, it, it is not in our nature to want to ask for help. But I want you to understand me, men and women. Listen to me. If you want to make wise decisions... Based on God's advice, and if you want to know God's will for your life, the first thing you're gonna to have to do is admit that you need Him. You see, you 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 gotta quit singing, I did it my way, if you want to do it His way and follow His way. King David said this, he put it this way: Psalm 25:9 says, God guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. The truth is, if you wanna do it yourself. If you want to go your own way, if you want to say, God, I can handle this, I don't need any help from you, I'm going to do it myself, guess what? God's going to let you do that if that's what you want to do. But let me tell you something, friend, that's why we spend way too much time having to fess up to our mess ups. And then asking God to correct our mistakes when it would have been a whole lot easier just to ask God to begin with. Now here's the good news, God wants you to know his will, God wants you to make Not just good choices and decisions, but the best choices and decisions. And I've told you before, praise God, he doesn't play cat and mouse with his will for us. He does not play hide and seek with it. He doesn't say, well, I want you to guess what's behind door number two concerning my will. God wants you to know his will more than you want to know it. It's just like us as parents, how much joy we take when our children make a wise decision. Well, friend, our Heavenly Father is the same way. He takes great pleasure in that. But before God will lead you, you've got to admit that you need Him. Then number two, the second thing. After you admit that you need Him, you need to ask for God's guidance. Look at the verse again. Let's read the second half of that verse. But the Lord directeth His steps. Notice that word directeth. It means to set straight or to establish or to uh, put on the right path. So God wants to guide our steps. He wants to make sure we're walking on the right path, in the right direction, and the right way. Well, how does God do this? Well, God has given us certain tools to help find His will in a particular situation, especially when we're presented with a decision where there are several options to make, okay? In other words, there's more than one door that you can take, more than one path that you can take, and what you've got to do is take into account whatever your circumstances may be because that's where you've got to start at. And the bottom line is you've got to know where you're at before you know where you need to go to. There are four ways that God will speak to us and guide us. There's three, but I'm going to include four. There's another one I believe goes hand, the fourth one goes hand in hand with the third one. And the first way is this. The first way God's guides is through biblical principles, biblical truth. And friend, that's the primary way that God speaks to us. The Bible is not just a good book, it's the guide book. And it's true, the Bible uh, will not specifically perhaps tell you what city to move to, what college to go to, what person you're to marry, what occupation you're to have. But it will give you principles, it will give you guidelines, it will help you eliminate certain choices and consider uh, other choices and here's the key principle, and you know this, I've said it before. God's direction will never contradict God's instruction. Put it plainer, God's will will never contradict God's word. For example, let me give you these. You're thinking about marrying a non-Christian. The answer to that, it's easy, no. The Bible makes it clear, 2 Corinthians 6, 14. Don't be unequally yoked with non-believers. Uh, maybe you're thinking about taking a job in a questionable occupation. The answer to that, it's easy, No. Why? Well, three times the Apostle Paul says that we're to walk worthy of the Lord. In Ephesians 4, Colossians 1, and 1 Thessalonians 2. Folks, one question that you always have to ask on these situations or decisions that you're going to make. Does God's Word prohibit or permit what I'm thinking about doing? Now there's a second way God guides, not only through His Word, but also through wise people. Here's a verse, Proverbs 15, verse 22 says, without counsel, purposes are disappointed. But in the multitude of counselors, they're established. You know what? Here's, here's the verse again in, in the modern translation. Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Let me tell you something. The sure way to make a bad decision is to get bad advice from bad people. That's the reason I emphasize on wise people if you're seeking advice. For example... If you're thinking about getting a divorce, don't get advice from somebody who's been divorced five times. If you're thinking about uh, making a financial investment, you don't want to seek advice from somebody who's $50,000 in credit card debt and filed bankruptcy two times. That makes sense? Wise counsel? You know, one of the ways, and people ask me, I, I've been asked preacher, when you seek counsel from folks, how do you go about doing that? Well, One of the ways, folks, that I gauge who I get counsel from is by by seeing if the person I'm seeking counsel from, seeing if they have arrived at the destination I want to arrive at. And also, by seeing if they're going in the same direction that I want to go, and if they're achieving the same goal that I want to achieve, but greater than all that, to see if they're walking with God the way I want to walk with God. That's the people I seek advice from. By the way, while I'm here, let me say this. I cringe when I hear people say, well, I just tell people, do what feels right. Oh, my goodness. Listen to me, friend. If that's your approach to decision-making in life, you really need to hear this next statement. Just because something feels right doesn't automatically make it right. You know, I I may feel like something's right, but if I counsel with five people who I love and know and trust, and they tell me, "Mm, no, Jim, that's not right. Let me tell you, at the very least, that's going to give me pause. That's going to throw up a red flag. I'm going to step back and take a second look at it. There's a third way, third tool that God uses to guide us, is spiritual prompting. You know, one of the advantages of being a believer is that God has placed within us a GPS. Not global positioning system, but godly positioning system. And He's called the Holy Spirit. You're going to find... That the more you read your Bible, the more you spend time with God, the better you know God, the better you recognize His voice when He speaks. Because primarily, God doesn't speak to our ears, He speaks to our heart. Jesus Himself said in John 16, 13, that the Holy Spirit guides us into all truth. God has given us two guardrails, and I want you to remember this, to keep us from going over the cliff on either side as we drive along this treacherous highway of life. And those two guardrails are, number one, the Scripture, and number two, the Holy Spirit. I'll put it this way. The Scripture will protect us from purely rational decisions. You know, what I think, I think, that keeps us from falling into the trap of saying, that's what I think I ought to do. I'm going to tell you what I've told you many times before. If what you think does not align with God's Word, what you think is wrong. And then the second one is the Holy Spirit. He'll protect us from from purely emotional decisions. That keeps us from saying, well, I feel like I ought to do this. The Holy Spirit, He has a way of taking biblical wisdom and godly advice and mixing those two things together to speak to your heart. I read uh, the other day, I was uh, reading a story about how uh, uh, scientists several years ago, they come up with this hypersonic sound. And hypersonic sound, what it is, they engineered, these, these scientists engineered uh, sound waves that would travel like a laser beam, precise in a direction. And what it did from, from hundreds of yards away, it can be relayed to an individual standing in the crowd and only they can hear it and those around them can't. And I thought, well, wow, that's amazing. But you know what? I thought about that and thought, I found that when you walk with God and when you're hearing from God and you're following God with all your heart, then you're going to hear from God at times when those around you will not. When your spiritual antenna is up and you're right, the right person with the right perspective, the right place, God's going to make His will known to you. Now, find a way that God guides, and I think, again, it's the last step, but I believe it goes hand in hand with number three, God guides with inner peace. You know, that peace that that passes all understanding. That peace that you have in your heart and soul. When God speaks, Christian, and you heard Him, and when God guides and you have trusted Him, there's going to be peace in your heart that nothing can shake. There's 100% assurance that you are doing exactly what you know God wants you to do. You ever had that peace? You've experienced that peace? I'm going to use... uh, David and Sabrina is an example. Y'all may not know this, but what, a month or so ago, had a church call me or or someone from a church, the pulpit committee call me. And I I knew the gentleman called me, love him very much, respect him. And he called and began to talk to me. And he said, well, you know, our church out here, and this was in another part of our state, he said, "the church out here is without a pastor. And he said, that's what I want to talk to you about. He said, Jim, I, I know that, that, that you're where God's put you. You're you not going to go nowhere. I said, no, I'm where I'm supposed to be. He said, but also know that you know a lot of young preachers. And he said, I know you work with a lot of them. He said, so tell me. He said, you got any young preachers that are ready to step into the ministry full time? I said, well... You know, there's a couple that, that, that are green that, that I think that given time and, and from, and I know this church, it's a solid church. It's, it's a lot like Southside, about the same size as Southside. I said, given time with a solid church like that, they'd be good pastors. He said, okay, basically let's cut to the chase. He said, what about your associate pastor? I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> I said, Yeah. He said, you think he's ready? I said, absolutely, he is. Now, I said that, one, with regret, but two, with with pride and joy in him. I said, absolutely. I said, he'd make a good pastor for that church. And like I said, this is a solid church, good church, deep roots. I'm talking about diehard Southern Baptist church. There's not many of us left, but uh, I said, that'd be a great church for him. He said, well, Jimmy, you want to talk to him or you want to have him call me? I said, well, let me mention it to him. He's interested, I'll tell him to call you. And so I told Damon. And you know what Damon did? He began to study on it. He began to pray about it. And then he came come and talk to me. He said, Jim, what do I do? I said, brother, I'm not God, and I can't play God in your life. I said, let's think about it. Have you, have you been praying about it? Yes, sir. You've been studying on it. Yes, sir. You and Sabrina have discussed it and prayed on it. Yes, sir. I said, well, by reason, here we go back to reason, it's a great church, solid church. They're going to love their pastor and support him. I said, man, I can't think of anywhere better to go. I said, but what is God telling you? He said, don't know yet. I said, then just be patient. Well, a few days later, a week later maybe, he had visited with folks, and he'd come back to me, and I'll never get what he said. He said, Jim, we have uh, made a decision on that. And, of course, I was heavy with anticipation. He said, after praying about it, he said, we've decided we're going to stay right here at Southside. He said, Jim, and I'm going to tell you, after making that decision, we have peace. There's peace. That's what I'm telling you, folks. When you, when God speaks and you heard him, and when you apply, you trust God and apply what he has told you, you're going to have a peace that you cannot be shaken loose from. It's 100% peace. And I remember saying something to David along this line. Remember, the will of God ain't never going to take you where the peace of God can't keep you. When you are facing a difficult decision... Listen to me, friend. There are three questions that you need to ask of three different entities. Number one, first and foremost, you need to ask God, what do you want? Number two, you need to ask others, what do you think? And then number three, you need to ask yourself, what do I hear? Is there peace in my heart over this? And the third thing, folks, admit you need God's guidance, ask for God's guidance. And number three, apply God's guidance. Many times... People will follow these steps that I'm given, but they still won't have any clarity. They'll still, they, they say, well, I can't find direction. I can't find the peace that I need to have. Well, 99% of the time, it's because they haven't taken the most important step at all. And the reason why, and let me just be honest, that you may not yet know what God would have you to do in a certain situation in your life is because you're not doing right now what you know God would have you to do in the situation you're in now. Does that make sense to you? God, tell me what I need to do about this when God's already told you how you need to be living and what you need to be doing right now, but you're not doing that. And if you're not doing what you know God wants you to do, why in the world would you think God would tell you what you don't know that he wants you to do? Make sense? Say amen. Okay, let making sure we're all on the same page here. Folks, many of us need to get honest with ourselves and realize the problem many people have is not that they can't find God's will in a certain situation, but they refuse to do God's will. And whenever you're trying to find God's will, there are always two questions that are asked. There's our question and there's God's question. Now, our question's easy. Our question is, God, what do you want me to do? God's question is this. Are you already doing what you know I want you to do? And if so, are you going to continue to do it in the future now I want everybody right here if you're facing a situation a decision in your life and you're, aren't, you're not sure what choice you ought to make you know, what path to take on it then I want, to ask, want you to ask yourself a question can you honestly say that you're following God's will in every area of your life that you know God wants you to do right now can you say that You'll only know God's will for tomorrow if you're doing what you know God's will is for today. So let me make it real clear. If you're robbing God with your finances, if you're living in sexual sin, if you're neglecting God's word, if you're rejecting a command or a statute of God in your life, then again, why would you even expect God to guide you? I can tell you one thing with confidence. You'll never know the unknown will of God until you're doing the known will of God. So let me say it one more time in a different direction. If you're, aren't, if you're not willing to do what you already know God wants you to do, then why would you think that God would tell you what you don't know that He wants you to do? You know, there are times people have left my office, and they have been very frustrated, even aggravated, sometimes even mad. Maybe even irate. Now, I know it's hard for you to believe that somebody leave my office irate like that. But the bottom line is, they'll come in and they'll say, preacher, what should I do in this situation? And so I begin to visit with them. And then I find out through visiting that they're not doing in their present situation what they know God wants them to do. And so I say something along this lines, okay, here's here's the rub. I say, you need to begin to do what you know God wants you to do today. You need to begin to live the way God wants you to live today. And once you begin to do that, you get the day straightened out. Then come back and we'll talk about what God wants you to do tomorrow. If I've learned anything about the will of God from my life, it's this. I I do what I know to do. And if I do what I know to do, I'll know what to do when I don't know what to do later. That leads me to this. Anybody who does not have a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ, I want to tell you, if you're here this morning, you've never surrendered your life to Christ, I want you to know there's one thing God wants you to do. And I know there's one decision God wants you to make and one path God wants you to take. And the Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, that God wants all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So God wants you to give your heart and life to Him today so that He can lead and guide your heart and life tomorrow. So the question is this. Which way are you going to go through life? Flying by the seat of your pants? Just hoping for the best and hoping things work out? Or are you going to go being guided by God, by the one who knows what's best and the one who assures things are going to work out? I'm going to close with a story. A pastor was flying with a friend of his who had his own plane. He was a pilot and they went up late one night or one evening. And as they reached a certain altitude, the pastor's friend, who was the pilot, reached over and flipped on the automatic pilot. And they just sat back and began to have a conversation with one another. And they talked about the flight patterns, weather conditions, you know, altitude assessments, and all the information the air traffic controllers on the ground give to them. All of a sudden, the preacher had an idea. He said, hey, Bobby, let me ask you something. Would you ever make a flight like this without listening to air traffic control? He said, would you, would you ever consider flying in the dead of night all alone with your radio turned off without any guidance at all? Well, the pilot looked at him kind of a crooked grin. He said, well, no, preacher, of course not. That's crazy. He said, I, I need all the information that I can get. He said, I need all the guidance I can get from those on the ground if I'm going to survive and not crash this plane. Then the preacher said this. He said, you know, Bobby, there are a lot of people, who fly their entire life with their radio to heaven turned off. They fly their entire life and they get no input from God, no guidance, no wisdom from God, no counsel. They just fly blindly in the bad weather and storms and they end up crashing and burning. It was quiet for a few minutes and that pilot looked at him and he said, you know what, preacher? He said, that's pretty stupid, isn't it? I'd have to agree with him. That's pretty stupid. Friend, listen to me. anytime. That you're ready. You can turn on the radio and you can talk to the one who guides the stars in their paths. You can talk to the one who who guides the planets in their orbits. Who guides the birds in their flight patterns. You can talk to the one who controls it all. And he can be your decision guide. But the choice is yours. So here's what you need to do. Number one. If you don't have have a relationship with him. You need to establish that this morning. You need to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. And have that relationship. And then number two, you need to admit that you need God's guidance. Number three, you need folks to ask for his guidance. And then number four, when God gives it, apply that guidance to your life. Apply it to your life. I pray that you take this to heart this morning. Would you bow your heads, please? Father, I thank you that you do want what is best for us. That you do want to lead and guide us to to direct our steps. But, Father, you do love us enough to allow us, if we want to go on our own, to do so. Father, I pray for those here this morning who perhaps they're doing it on their own. Maybe they do not know you, that, that that would change today they would establish that relationship with you and then for those who are facing a difficult decision in their life i pray they would put to heart what your word says what we have heard today and that we would all acknowledge the fact that we have no idea what the next few minutes hold that father you do so we would acknowledge that we need you and and we would ask for that guidance And Father, I pray for those in this last category who you have given guidance to, but they have failed to apply it. I pray today they would see the importance of that and they would begin to apply your guidance and live according to your will in their life. In Christ's name, amen. You stand, please.